series Blueprint, and we've kind of been sharing some things that, that make us who we are here at 1910, and we've shared some things that, 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 that we are, are going to expect from people that partner with this house. And I want to let you know that in, a, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be inviting all of you to become a ministry partner with us. And, and, and we, we, listen, here's what we, we believe that there is a spiritual home for every man, woman, boy, and girl. In fact, we created this place to become a home for people that did not have one. We're not interested in pulling people that are already connected at other places of worship, but we're trying to create a space because I believe it's God's plan and desire that every one of us being a growing, thriving environment where his spirit is present so that transformation takes place in our lives. Are you with me there? And so we're going to be inviting you to partner with us in this thing. I've been there for years, Pastor. That's so great that you're going to have to re, re up. You're going to re-enlist, okay? I'm going to re-enlist. I'm thinking about partnering with this house. I think I'm going to sign up and be a part of it, okay? So I just want you to know that. But, but today, today we're going to talk about continuing. It's time for us to build. You say, man, we just celebrated 16 years last weekend as a church. And, but, but listen, as great as it's been, and I'm thankful for the first 16, but I'm looking forward to the next 16. I'm looking for, if we're here, if we're here, and, and check this out, there's a reality we may not make the next 16. You know that, right? In fact, you need to know today that I have been so burdened and impressed to preach and present Jesus in such a way that for those of you that have never said yes to him, today would be the day that you respond to Jesus as Savior. Hey, in, 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 there's something interesting that we find in the book of Mark. It, it, we, we, we know that for the first 30 years of his life, Jesus is, is a homebody. He stays at home with his earthly mother and father, Mary and... Okay, good. Yeah, some of you are like... Uh, yeah, it's, Christmas is coming, and we'll refresh you, remind you of, of the birth story. But for 30 years, and he grew up learning the trade of his father, who worked with his hands. Might have been with wood, could have been with stone. That was, was common in that day and time and where he lived. Um, but for 30 years, we, we know that around the age of 30, Jesus leaves his physical earthly home to set out to do the work of his heavenly father, the one who had sent him, right? We know that he goes and finds a relative of his named John the Baptist. John's baptizing people, preaching a radical message. People are leaving the cities and leaving the temple, and they're coming out to the wilderness, and there's this dude that eats locusts and dresses in camel hair. Come on, somebody. I know it's not fashionable these days, but it was big back then, evidently. But anyway, uh, but he's baptized, and Jesus is baptized, marking the beginning of his ministry here on earth, the calling that his father in heaven had given him. And I just want to say something right now. Every one of you in this room and those of you that are watching us online, you have a calling on your life. And that calling is not to fulfill the diploma requirements hanging on your wall or what have you. That calling in your life is not to do what your mom or dad wished or dreamed that you would do. No, no. There is something greater than that, and it is a heavenly calling on your life. The challenge is will you step into that? All right? Jesus does around the age of 30. He's baptized. He immediately goes into the wilderness where he encounters the devil face to face. Come on, somebody. Some of you this week have had encounters with the enemy. 
He's tried to distract you. He's tried to discourage you. He's told you you will never amount to anything. He's tried to attack your families. He's attacked your kids. There's been a health diagnosis thrown at you, whatever. Here's what we believe. Because Jesus dominated and defeated the enemy, this was the first time he kicked him in the teeth, and he did it multiple times. But listen, Jesus defeated him, and whatever you're facing, we believe that Jesus is still in the business of winning. He's still a winner, amen? He contradicted the enemy with Scripture. How many of you believe in the Word of God? It's a big deal, right? He leaves the wilderness, and then we find this word in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. As Jesus sets out to be a part of the next three years of kingdom work. It says in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus says, the time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. You know, much is made today about end times. Much is made today about prophecy and when's it all going to happen? How's it going to happen? What's it going to look like? And, and there are a lot of people that are caught up in that and study that and, and you know, are, are really, really interested in that. And I'm not against that. I, I, just, and, and I just know that, that if we believe that the end time is near, and Jesus says it is even here in Mark chapter 1, if the end times are near, it's not a time for us to just sit around and study about it, but it's a time for us to go and tell about it. And, and, and my concern, and I've been accused that, hey, we're not going to come to your church because you don't preach enough on the end times. Well, I, I'm sorry, but I just, if, listen, it is coming. Jesus declares that in Mark chapter 1. He says the kingdom of God is near, right? You need to repent of your sins and you need to believe in the good news. I mean, even back then, it was already getting nearer and nearer, right? Wow. And yeah, you can look at the signs of the time, brother against brother, the moon will turn blood colored and there will be war and famine and natural disasters. There'll be earthquakes. There'll be false leaders rise up. I mean, listen, is that stuff not happening? It is happening. So guys, listen, here's the deal. The return of the Lord is near. And because it's near, if there's nothing else you hear from me today, please hear this. I pray that if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life, that today would be the day that you humble yourself, you admit that you've got junk and funk all in you. The Bible calls that sin. It's anything we do that goes against God's will for our lives. That you would humble yourself, you would confess your sins, and you would ask Jesus Christ to forgive you your sins, cleanse you, and let him become Lord of your life. That's the greatest message I could give you today. Because the reality is I'm not guaranteed this same time next Sunday with you. Neither are you. And if the kingdom of God is near, meaning Jesus is coming, and, and, and oh, by the way, in verse 16, there's a, there's a Mark 1, verse 16, in which Jesus begins to call disciples. He begins to call them to, 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 to begin finishing the plan that his father sent him to do. He calls them. But listen, if the end is coming, if it's near, right, he is going to return. I just pray today that you would settle once and for all where you stand with Jesus Christ. 
And Frank, can I just remind you of something? It's not about knowing some songs about him. It's not knowing about the good things that he did while he was here on earth. It's about knowing him as Lord and Savior and inviting him to come into your life and save you. That's it. That's the greatest thing I could give you today. And I want you to know that we're going to pray at the end of this service and there are going to be some incredible people up here. And that's going to be your opportunity to come and say, yes, or those of you that are watching online right now, just fire off a message to us right now. and We'll get back with you. We want to follow up with you and help you understand what it means to give your life to Jesus Christ. Wow. Jesus begins to call these disciples to help him be a part of, of establishing his kingdom here on earth. Come on, Jesus didn't need these 12 guys, did he not? Come on, guys, he's Jesus. He doesn't need 12. But he, he chooses, chooses 12 to help him begin this process of, of telling a story. And, 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 and he, he was discipling them, raising, they were called disciples. He's, he's raising them up because he knew that his time here on earth was going to end at some point. But the message needed to continue. And aren't you thankful that it did? Because you and I are here today because there were 12, then it became 11, and then it became 12 again. Anyway, it just grew and they continued and were faithful. And because they continue to tell the story, we're here today. Many of us know Jesus. Come on, where are my saved, blood-bought, the redeemed sons and daughters of the king in this room? Come on. Because they continue to tell the story. Jesus didn't call these 12 disciples to just sit around and study doctrine all day. He didn't call them because he needed to build a, a strong following. Can't you just see Jesus trash-talking other rabbis? Look at my 12. Y'all want to go? We'll be shirts. Y'all be skins. Let's go. No, he didn't do that. But he built them for a purpose. You see, Jesus was all about calling a people to his father, a people that would live differently on earth, that would show that it is fitting and it is right and it is great to live under the rule and authority of his father in heaven. A group of people who in turn would be lit up that would go and tell others the same story so that they too could become a part of this incredible community of faith. And can I tell you something today, 1910? That hasn't changed. You and I are called today to be a part of building. We are called to be a part of advancing this very kingdom that Jesus says in Mark chapter 1 that he came to establish. And so the challenge is, will you partner in that? Will you partner with heaven? Will you partner with another Bible-believing congregation where you can be equipped, where you can be taught the ways of God, where you can be empowered to go out and live for him? Listen, if you don't have a place like that, I want to invite you to become a part of this tribe. I want to invite you to become a part of this community. And although I don't know you quite well, so yeah, let's get to know one another. Let's hang out. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's wash some feet. Let's go serve in the name of Jesus and make a difference for the kingdom, right? That's the invitation we have for you, right? That's the invitation that we have for you. Guys, listen, this house was built not just for us gathered here today, but it was built for all nations. 
It was built for all people. There are empty seats in this room today that need to be filled. There are people that are still lost without a savior. There are people that still not have a spiritual community to connect with. And the call of heaven is on us today, church. What will we do in building and helping advance the kingdom of God? Are you with me so far? You know, one of the things that you can expect from us as a church, I've been, been sharing with you some expectations that we have with those that will partner with us, is one of the things you can expect from us is we're gonna be serious these next 12 months. As long as we can go, we're gonna be serious about making sure that other people have an opportunity to respond to the good news that Jesus is preaching about here. We want people to respond in faith to the good news of Jesus Christ. We're gonna create some, we're gonna go old school. And I don't mean we're gonna go King James Version, okay? And I know that for some of you, you believe that's the only language of heaven. Do some research, bro, okay? But um, 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 yeah, Father, forgive me of that. Um, but, but, but we're gonna go old school and having some old school Holy Ghost revival gatherings in which we give people an opportunity to experience it. Listen, I love Sunday mornings, but I just know that there's more that God has for us. There's more than just a Sunday gathering. And there's some special times of calling people in which our focus is we're gonna introduce Jesus. We're gonna sing, we're gonna be loud and proud. My staff is like, bro, can we get a tent and put out here on our 30 acres? I'm like, you know what? We got neighbors here and they already gripe about our music sometimes that it's too loud. You know, I'm like, you know, it doesn't sound so loud if you would just come in the room. It's not so loud. And oh, by the way, can we just speak to that for just a second? Listen, we know our music's loud. We don't need you to write notes and put it in the my best box about it. Okay? We don't. And, and you just know who you are. The my best box is meant for tithes and offerings not complaints, okay? And from day one, our vision has always been that we believe Jesus is worth getting loud and proud about, okay? Just as they put decibel meters at sporting events and, and, and worldly concerts, we're gonna lift high the name of Jesus and get loud about it. So I get it, I, I, I know I get it. If it's too loud, check this out. Through the faithful giving of the saints of this house, we have purchased earplugs. And they are at the connections desk for you. So I'm not trying to be a jerk about that, but, but seriously, that's who we're gonna be. We've been that way for 16 years and we've lost people over the years as a result of it. I'm sorry, but that's just who God's called us to be. So talk to him. Don't send me a hate note, okay? Um, but we're gonna have revival gatherings. Hey, you heard Pastor Angie talk about, hey, we wanna, we wanna give ladies an opportunity to, in a different way than what we do on Sundays, to come face-to-face -face with the Savior. Hey, ladies, we wanna encourage you that first weekend of November, most of your dudes are gonna be in hunting blinds and in the woods. No, actually, they're not. They're gonna be watching their kids. Hey, men, they're your children too. You played a role in that creation. You know what I'm talking about? That's a different sermon series at a different time. But, but, but they're your kids as well. And you get the privilege of, of raising up your kids that first weekend in November while their mom is growing in Jesus. 
and she's going to invite her girlfriends who also have kids, and you're going to get all the dads and kids together. You're all going to go to Chuck E. Cheese, and you're going to have a blast and grab tickets from skee-ball and buy meaningless crap with it, okay? Why would we do Radiant Conference? It's because, ladies, we want to introduce them to Jesus. Hey, why are we going to have camps for preschoolers and elementary age kids this next year and middle school and high school kids? Why is Pastor Mark and him going to do that? Because we want kids to come to know Jesus. Listen, this house, this house is serious about finding and restoring. And so whatever it takes for us to point people to Jesus, whatever it takes in order for us to get the good news in front of them, we are going to do that. We're going to do that. We want to invite you to partner with us at that. We want to invite you to become a part of that with us in advancing the good news. Hey, the women are just, hey, we're going to have some man nights around here too. We, we, yeah, thanks, man. That's the first time I've heard any man speak up. When you say radiant, they go, woo! When I say, man, we got man you, it's like, Thanks, bro. My man. We normally have a yearly man's conference. We're going to break that up over the course of 12 months, and we're going to have man nights. We're going to have fight clubs or whatever it takes because we as men are going to rise up and begin to fight the devil, punching him in the mouth, kicking him in the teeth. And take it. We're going to fight for our families. We're going to fight for our wives, our kids. We're going to fight for this nation because as a man goes, so goes a nation. So goes the church. So goes the family. So goes kids. You want your kids to grow up to be followers of Jesus? Dudes, it starts with you. With you. And so we're going to do that. We just believe that Jesus is what people need. Now, we're still going to meet on Sundays. Don't get me wrong, we're gonna be here, but we're gonna do some incredible things to introduce people to Jesus in unique, creative ways. Is that okay so far? Hallelujah. I'm sweating right now, so good. Hallelujah. Whew. Man, Jesus is worth it. We want people to come to know him and experience him. And can I just tell you, this house has been built on him I've shared that with you guys over several weeks that this foundation literally has the word of God underneath the concrete you're sitting on top of. Jesus, it is always gonna be about Jesus here at 1910. Listen, this is not about a messenger. It's, it's about the message, all right? It doesn't matter who's up here. Our message is gonna be the same. Jesus came to give you life abundant and free, and he's the hope that you need, Amen. But this foundation is Jesus. It's his church, and we are his people. It's, but listen, we have a role to play. Just as Jesus called 12, he didn't need them, but he invited them. He called them to be a part of spreading the good news. And he's calling us. We all have a role to play in building on this foundation that's been laid. Remember, I told you that any structure worth its salt it must be built on a foundation that is firm and steady. Listen, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I, he is. My hope is built on nothing less than, gee, come on, on Christ the solid. He's the firm foundation. I'm going old school right there. Hallelujah. Wow, he's the foundation. But guys, we all have a role to play just as the 12 did. 
when it comes to kingdom advancement. Now, please hear my heart with something. We do not build the kingdom. Jesus establishes that, but we do have a role to play in that. Listen, every believer listening here today, you are called to minister and serve our Father in heaven. Just as Jesus came, not to be served, but to serve, check this out. You are called, that greater calling on your life, listen, is also to serve and minister. Our task is to bring people into this community of faith. This house is not just for us, but it's for everyone. And so you can expect us to continue to to throw out in front of you opportunities in our community to get out and put Jesus Christ on display. Salt was never meant to be contained in a container. Salt is meant to get loosed outside of that container and spread so it can influence others. And so we're going to challenge you. We're going to encourage you to be a part of service opportunities throughout our community. Hey, on our website, you'll see some of the organizations locally that we support. We want to pump you their direction. We're going to continue to create service days and opportunities. Hey, National Neighbor Out is coming up here sometime in the next couple of weeks. October 4th? Really? Is that a Sunday? It's a Tuesday. The second would be the Sunday then. October the 4th. And listen, hey, what what would happen if you just kind of created an opportunity to get to know your neighbors? You're going to fire up the grill out front. You're going to throw up a tent, maybe some cornhole or bouncy house or whatever. Pastor, I don't even even like my neighbors. Well, you better get to. You better start liking them. It's going to be really awkward if they show up in heaven one day and you lived next to them for 30 years and you never knew they knew the Lord. And you acted like the devil all the whole time you lived there. Come on, somebody. You may not like them. Jesus didn't like you sometimes probably, but, but he loves you anyway, right? I know he gets put out with me. I'm the chief one. But anyway, but what it, we're going to create opportunities for you. Because we believe that's what we're called. Hey, we're going to create. If you're not serving in the house as well, shame on you. Oh, it's somebody else's responsibility to teach my kids. Is it really? There are people back there right now pointing your kids. They don't even know your kids. They didn't have a role in producing that. You did. You know, but yeah, you're just going to pawn them off on somebody. You better get back there and serve some kids, somebody. I'm so thankful for parking lot people and baristas and greeters and kids workers and media people. I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for Pastor Allen and a worship team because it'd be a train wreck if I had to do it. But we all serve. Why do we do that? Well, because this house is important. And check this out. It's going to take all of us. The foundation's been laid. Look what this verse says in 1 Peter I think it's, is it 1 Peter? Yeah, 1 Peter chapter 2, um, verse, thanks, my Holy Spirit down here speaking to me right here. <laughs> verse 5, I have it in the message translation up here, and don't be sending me hate mail. I know this is a paraphrase, but I love the way it reads because it helps a lug nut like me understand Scripture sometimes. It says, present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests, offering Christ-approved lives up to God. Check this out. We have a role in helping build and establish, build upon the foundation that's already been laid. We have a role to play. 
And the more that we come together and can encourage one another, listen, there's a big deal about coming together and seeing each other. We, 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 we pray together. We worship together. We encourage one another. But we build this thing. We build and build and build. And the more that we build and stack together, it's like, it's like the block outside the front of this house. That block by itself is it's not worth much. But the more you add to it and add the mud and strengthen and add and join, it just becomes a strong foundation and structure, does it not? And, and, and we're called here. We, we are the building blocks. As, as, as God is building this kingdom, he's calling us to be a part of the construction project. I don't want to touch those things. They scare me and they're sharp. But, 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 but we're called to be builders with him. We, we, we help construct and, and, and the thing that he's already established. And so you're going to have things like team nights that... Nedra McLeod is going to put together for those of you that serve here to encourage you and, and spur us on and, and, and help us become even greater. So, listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to understand something. You're called to serve. In fact, there are no spectators in the kingdom of God. And I think we as a church have somehow misunderstood that. We think it's okay to sit and soak. Some of y'all been soaking so much. It's time to get wrung out. It's time to let some of it out. Let's go. But there are no spectators in the kingdom. I just don't know what I have to offer. I don't either. But evidently, there's something that God believes in you with. You know, it's funny to me that, that God takes the, these, these 12 that he called were just ordinary dudes. Some of them had, had probably not graduated from, you know, school. Some of them, all they knew was how to throw a net, bring it in throw a net, bring it in. And they even screwed that up sometimes, right? Throw it on the other side of the boat. That's another Jesus story you ought to read about. But, but that's what, some of them were a little bit sharper and smarter. They were good with money and could calculate and things like that. But, 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 but I, I love this that, you know, when it comes to advancing the kingdom, God uses ordinary people to do it. You ever thought about that? And so as I look around this room today and as I look in that lens, I see you. I see you there. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You see, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have his very presence, his spirit within us. And that gives us the power to do things that we didn't think we could ever do. And for some of you, you think, man, I just don't know what I have to contribute. Hey, check this out. God knows your flaws. He knows your weak spots. He knows how jacked up you are. But yet he still is inviting you today. Will you partner with me? Will you partner with me as we build this thing called the kingdom of God? Wow. You know, I, I, 16 years ago, God called me to step out and start a new work called 1910 Church. And listen, he knew my weaknesses. He knew that I had flaws and, and things that were just, well, they just weren't good, right? But yet he still called. And, and, and he's still working on me. He's still, I'm still working progress, right? But that's your life as well. You may not think that you have much to contribute, but there is something that the God of heaven wants to use you to do as you advance his kingdom. And so the question is, you're going to step into that. And will you let him use you? 
what's the plan? What are we going to do? What are we called to do? Well, listen, you don't need to be reminded of this verse, but I, I sent it to the media team, so I'm going to read it anyway. It's Matthew 28, 19. It says that we're to go make disciples. You know, this church is all about that. We want to teach you the word of God. We want to equip, equip you with tools for your tool belt, and we want to send you out, empower you to go make a difference. You're to go and make disciples, Jesus says. Baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He says all nations. I love what Pastor Angie said. It starts here in this house. It goes across the street, and it goes across the ocean to the ends of the earth. Listen, I'm excited to say that we're going to resume our partnership in Tecpan, Guatemala. We, we've had a partnership with a school there called Colegio Israel for about six years now. COVID kind of put a, a pause on, on our ministry of going down there and investing, but, but, but we have been on the phone and, and it is opening up and we're gonna resume our ministry there. In fact, I wanna let you know something. October the 30th, you're gonna have an opportunity to see some faces of boys and girls and an opportunity for you to pull that down and become their sponsor, providing meals and education school supplies, a uniform for them to wear. Um, you're going to have an opportunity to partner. And some of you are going to have an opportunity to go there within the next 12 months and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Why? Here's what we believe that every tribe, tongue, and nation is worth it. We believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl, regardless of socioeconomic status, skin color, language, country, we believe that Jesus came for God so loved the world, not just the United States, not just white people, not just Republicans. Uh-oh. For God so loved the world. There's some sorry Republicans, aren't there? We don't want to go there. But anyway, y'all know what I'm saying. Everybody deserves the chance to be introduced to Jesus. Are you with me, 1910? And so the challenge I have is, will you partner with us? We're called to be witnesses. We're called to partner with the God of heaven. We're called to help him advance his kingdom, not ours, his. I'm gonna read something to you today and we'll wrap this up and go home and get ready to watch the Cowboys lose again. But um, we just, sorry, Den Denver lost too, okay. Sorry, but there's, there's, there's sorry, Britt. There, there's, a, there's another chance. Hey, I'm gonna, it's all part of God's plan. He's a God of restoration and redemption. Here we go. Hey, I'm gonna read something to you real quick as we, before we leave here today that I had this last week, but I left it out and I missed it. And I, I had something, it was just off. It was a bad day last Sunday. Glad you're here today. But anyway, um, this is written by a pastor. And so listen to what he says. He says, I'm a pastor. And I want you to quit church now. Just quit. At a time when church attendance is shrinking in America, I, a pastor, am encouraging people to quit church. Why? The answer is birthed out of conversations and research that I've been a part of over the last several years. I regularly meet and train pastors and church leaders from all over the country. And the conversations carry a common theme. A lot of people who attend church are passive towards serving, giving, and community outreach. In most churches, 80% of the work is being carried out by 20% or less of the people. We've become a church of spectators, and the pastoral staff is getting burned out. 
According to my own personal research, the problems are even bigger than the 80-20 principle. You see, only 39% of active believers consider the Bible to be the literal word of God. Less than 20% of professing believers follow the biblical principle of giving. Only 5% have shared their faith with a non-believer. And more than half of all church members attend church once, once a month or less. Something has to change. Casual attendance and the belief that others will serve, give, and share the gospel, they're tearing down churches across our country brick by brick. And as believers, it's time that we are either all in or we get out. The solution is simple. Quit. That's right, quit. If we quit the casual way we approach God's principles, can you imagine what would happen in our personal walks of faith and, and in our community of believers? What if every believer exercised generosity? What if every Christian fought for loyalty in the local church? What if everyone served in their God-given purpose? What would happen if we stopped simply believing and started belonging? If we would only quit the way we approach our relationship to Christ and quit the way we approach the relationship to our local church, the blessing, the reward, the joy, the fulfillment, the purpose, and the increase would radically transform our lives and the world. Together, we can revolutionize the church. But the only way we can do this is if we quit. Heaven is calling on us to partner with Him in advancing the kingdom. He's calling on us to be serious about representing Him in a world that is dark. He's looking for a group that will pursue holiness and who will stand out and be different. He's looking for a group that will sacrifice finances, your time, your talent. He's looking for those that will pour gas on this vision of this house. My question is, will you partner with us? as we advance the gospel. I didn't tell you about marriage conferences coming up because families are a big deal. We believe that God created marriage and because he created something, there's an enemy that wants to tear it apart. So what does it look like for a man and woman to live together in a God-honoring relationship? Well, we believe that it's worth talking about. Didn't talk to you about continuing to build churches got one going up right now in Indonesia, largest Muslim country in the world, but it comes through partnering together and us believing that people matter. Do people matter to you? I want to invite you to stand with me today. A ministry team is going to come. I told you earlier, I told you earlier that today that I'm going to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. So today I'm going to pray and dismiss us. And if, if you need a Savior today, don't put it off, my friend. It's the best decision you'll ever make. It's a decision that carries eternal ramifications. 
You see, you've got to determine where you stand with Jesus Christ. Just know about him, just sing about him, or do you really have relationship and know him? Has he come into your life, forgiven you of sin? Has he transformed you and is he making you new? Say yes to Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you walked in and there's a hurt and pain. There's a weight you're carrying today. Listen, you do not have to leave the same manner you came in today. That can be lifted from you. And it's not because of anything we do. Hey, these are just ordinary people. But I'm telling you, the Spirit's on them. It's going to work through them. But Jesus wants to take that burden you carry off of you today. He wants to take that from you. So you walk in freedom. So come and let us pray and encourage you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder today that your work on earth is not done. But God, I do believe your return is near. And Father, we as the blood-bought that redeemed the sons and daughters, the saints, we have no time to just sit around and wait. No. Lord, I pray that we would make the most of this moment we have today to live for you to tell others about you and point them to Jesus. God, I pray for that person right now who's never said yes, that today would be the day. Just as we had in the first service, a father, a man saying yes to Jesus as Savior. God, I'm praying that that would continue to happen in this moment. Lord, as we go, use us today. Let us be your ambassadors. And may we live for your glory and yours alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. You guys are awesome. You're dismissed.